In a world of uncertainty, one thing is for sure. Cancer doesn't stop during a global crisis. On Saturday, June 13th, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society will host a trailblazing event, Big Virtual Climb, sponsored by AbV, to support their investment in groundbreaking research to advance blood cancer cures and its first-in-class patient education and services, including financial support and clinical trial navigation. Step up to take cancer down by climbing 61 floors or 1,762 steps. Inside or outside, on stairs, on the road, on your treadmill, climb your way. Join us for an opening ceremony and then take on your climb with our heart-pumping playlist. Join us on June 13th from coast to coast as we come together to climb, conquer, and cure. Register at lls.org slash bigclimb. Coming up on today's show, we're going to talk about the NBA's comeback plans and the potential pitfalls, and we're going to get weird with some ideas of our own. Welcome to the Back to Back Pod on the Athletic Podcast Network. This is Nerder She Wrote with your host, Dave Dufour, with Mo DeKeel and Seth Partnow. Are you ready to be entertained? Hello and welcome to a new episode of Nerder She Wrote on the Back to Back Podcast on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dave Dufour, joined as I am every week by Mo DeKeel. What's up, Mo? What's up, Dave? And Seth Partnow. How you doing, Seth? Hello, Dave. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Such a contrast. It's a high-energy podcast this week. <laughs> Guys, I don't know if you heard. The NBA is coming back. July 30th is the proposed date, as reported by ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski. And uh, let's not focus on the fact that they're bringing back 22 teams when they could have just gone straight to the playoffs. I don't want to talk about the faults on the surface of just coming back. We have all been very vocal about, you know, the concerns, the health concerns and whatnot. The actual logistics of the comeback and the timing of it are very interesting and they're going to create a whole new set of problems. Right, Seth? Yes. <laughs> no, I, dynamite dropping set. Let's go. Thank you. Thank you. No, I. So the it's it's interesting how kind of one decision sort of cascades into the next and creates problems. Okay, so for whatever reason, read money. Uh, they needed you know more teams in in the bubble than to, to just do playoffs. So that adds a month on the front end, and so the month on the front end now the end of the season is pushed into October. Now what happens with with the 2020-2021 season, uh, like, you know, it seems pretty clear that they floated a December 1 start date, really hoping that it gets negotiated back to Christmas. And that's fine. But, you know, we're we're uh, we're 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 compressing things pretty tight here and makes you wonder about what the end of that season looks like, what the start of the season after looks like. And so on down the road. So it's just these these kind of this cascade of knock on effects that uh, that that follow is is one of the things that's been interesting to me. I mean, Mo, six weeks is barely enough time for a training camp. No, it's, it's not. It's when I first saw the dates where they said, "Oh, December first, I was like, "No chance in hell." Sorry, like you're not going to get it. The guys, their bodies need time to recover if they go deep into the playoffs. Uh, I think they're they're not. 
looking at the fact of the mental strain guys are going to need after being in a bubble, you know, we're, we're going to have four teams that are in there for about three months, you know, and then finally just down to two. There's, there's going to be guys are going to need a little more time than just six weeks to go right into a season. I mean, for the teams that the eight teams, the delete eight, they're going to have a huge advantage. Now, of course, they also they have the disadvantage of having bad players mostly. Yeah, so right. they have the disadvantage right. of, of they're not good right now. But the Warriors are an interesting case here because that's going to be, uh, you know, I, I think uh, a middle of the roadish playoff team in the West. I think they're they've got a good shot at like the three or four seed um, next year, and that's given everything being equal. Um, the extra rest is really going to help them, especially early on when the other teams are tired. They're going to be able to bank a lot of wins. Well, I kind of push a little bit back on that. I think it's there for the younger teams, maybe not the Warriors as much, but for the younger teams, I think it's going to kind of be a little bit of a setback. That's why we saw the concern that they had that we're like, we're not going to play basketball. We're not going to have basketball for nine months and things like that. And just there's a, a level of concern in terms of where the development for some of these teams are. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of guys on the Hawks have areas they have to improve on and work on their game and get development and they need to have hands on coaching. They you know, some of those guys are going to miss the fact that there's not going to be a summer league of some sort. You know, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff for it for the Warriors. I think just the rest is great um, there. There might be a little bit of rust for them to work off of. But they'll be better for the long haul. So assuming we get the December miracle December start date, some of these teams that were in the bubble might be able to start out great, but they're going to fall off because they're just going to be mentally, physically, and emotionally exhausted halfway through the season, whereas the Warriors are going to still be fresh in that sense. But for me, the other teams, I'm concerned in just the fact that they're not going to have played an NBA game for nine months. My my assumption is that the league is going to work something out with the teams where they get to do some kind of an extended summer camp, um, you know, something like that. They're going to have to. But it These guys have just been out of the compare. gym too long. It doesn't compare though, right? Like unless they're right. playing games, there's no real comparison. So are they going to put on a, a small mini league somewhere like a, like a summer league and are they going to get – are you going to get the big name guys to play? Is Trey Young going to come in? And play? We know the we know the Warriors wouldn't bring Steph, Draymond, and Clay into it. Like, let's just be honest. But like, would would the the Hawks bring in Trey Young to play in this? Is you know that's that's really what I'm curious about. Maybe they work something out where you get like a scrimmage partner and and you guys can do like a co camp where you get to scrimmage. I I don't know. I mean, this is fairly unprecedented. Um. I'm not sure how to work it around, work around it to get the game reps. I mean, they're impossible, right? I just, I just say that tough luck. Like this is it. This is the situation. You know, it's, it, it, it ain't fair. It ain't great. But uh, this is the situation we're handed with, and we're, we're we're trying to deal with it. I, I feel like trying to go too far into that. I mean, forget the fact that there's still also a pandemic concern behind it, right? Like even having scrimmage partners, are they going to all be bubbled and quarantined in some random city or what? Like just, it just doesn't, to me, it just doesn't work. It's just one of those situations that it's just crappy luck. So my question about this is, you know, a big part of like the player development stuff that goes on is kind of the, the, I mean, I, I imagine that, that since you kind of, 
came through stuff that was in the San Antonio system. You guys probably called them daily vitamins also, right? Yep, the daily vitamin. Yeah. So, but how much of that is just kind of built into your normal routine? And that's a big part of the development of, for players. Um, you know, I'm wondering how much of that is even going to be possible under the, the conditions that, that the teams in the bubble are working on both between the, you know, the compressed game schedule, um, Will they have enough kind of practice bodies to, to, to do that kind of stuff given the limited, you know, the limited staffing? Um, it, it, will there be gym time? You know, all of those things. So I'm, I'm wondering, you know, while everyone not in the bubble is obviously feeling left out, like I sort of wonder how much of that advantage is there actually going to be just in terms of, of how much of that normalcy can you actually – reproduce in in that environment right you you know what that's an interesting point is that the young teams that are going to the bubble at least are going to get this six weeks or so camp essentially and and the game reps so maybe the teams being left out they're the biggest gripe they have should be that stuff so the league is going to have to figure this out well, I mean, I, they would have gotten those reps in in the playoffs in the, in the sense of, you know, when when the season's over, a lot of those teams wouldn't have had those reps, right? A lot of guys disappear. Some guys are in the gym, but still immediately after the season, a lot of dudes take off, you know, and, and including coaches and things like that. So I don't even know if it's, it, it's reps they would have gotten anyways, ex- except for like eight games. And to Seth's point of like the teams in the bubble, like how much reps are they going to get? I mean, that's a, that's a tough situation, Seth, in the sense of like you got to judge. I mean, I, we're all waiting kind of for the schedule to kind of see what it looks like. But, you know, for teams, they got to kind of sort of sort of recalibrate everything and start figuring it out. And, you know, we know from what we've heard from Keith Smith at Yahoo Sports, there's going to be a lot of gyms, but it's a question of like, who gets to use what and when and, and how does that all work? You have 22 teams vibe, you know, trying to get time. I think it's a, it's an interesting question, but I also think once this starts, once the playoffs start in general, for the most part, besides just those little workouts you did, I don't think there's a lot of practice time. I mean, the Clippers barely practice as it is. So it's not like they're missing out that much. From a, from a front office perspective. Okay. Let's talk about the condensed offseason. I mean, they're going to be doing the draft at some point. Did they announce that yet? Did I miss it? They have dates. They have dates. Uh, I'll pull it up. You it's keep like, talking. I'll yeah, talk. it's like it's like right after the season's over. I mean, which – Something like know. October 16th, okay. some 15th, 16th, somewhere in that area. All right. So, the, But the teams in the draft, are they should have plenty of time. They could have – they should have had plenty of time even they, with the, they're all, they're uh, all the break. Work, they're all working right. on it now. Like people I've spoken to with teams who are like, that's, you know, if they, they've all front office guys have all been just working on film studying and stuff. I think yeah. the question is like combines and things like that and getting, mm-hmm. getting that information from the players. But the accelerated off season schedule, okay. For free agency. Now, luckily this year's free agency class is not, you know, not the 2021 summer. So it, it's not like, well, we don't even know the rules. Though. Well, right. This is, <laughs> this is my question here, right? Like, what are yeah. they going to have to do to adjust to this shortened time frame? They're, they're going to have to get rid of the moratorium. 
Uh, can you? Like, uh, aren't they going to have to figure out financially how much they're making off of this? Th- okay, this bubble so or? this is here's the thing. They probably know the the moratorium is really. It's probably unnecessary. It doesn't need to be the the length that it is. It probably could be one day. Um, You know, Larry talks about this all the time. Larry Kuhn talks about this all the time. And he says that the moratorium is really, it's more just a cooling off period so that the league office can catch its breath. But they usually know all of these figures like July 1st. So they they could in theory get rid of that moratorium altogether. I think they're going to have to. I mean, it's if we're actually going to try to do this six weeks from you know the last game of the finals till the start of the next season, you're going to need every single day as a productive day. Yeah, I just I just don't think the players' union is going to agree to that date. December first isn't going to be the date they agree to. Would be my guess. That, no, but that's the but that's the information we have. Yeah. Right. So I am going to treat them like they're going to operate on this six week schedule. Whether it's Come realistic on. or not, like all, all I can no, do I mean, is use the information I have at hand. Yeah, but it's I mean the you know the the negotiation posture here is I mean I think it's you know this is based on no reporting or information. But if you want a Christmas Day start, what do you throw out there first? You throw out December first, right? Right. Yeah. And so, so let's like, say let's, it's Christmas Day. Pretend. That's still only nine yeah. weeks. Right. No, that's still not that's still not enough yeah. time. I mean. And it's especially when, you know, again, we don't know what the rules are. Maybe, maybe, I mean, maybe there's been internal communication, but I kind of think we would have heard about it by now in terms of, of what the cap number is next year, what any sort of proration of salaries, what any, uh, you know, what, what, what things, what are, what are happening with it, with, with, uh, contract dates <clears throat> and any of that stuff. Like if, if that stuff had been decided, you know, we probably would have known about it, and so right now it's it's you're either you know um, operating in an in- information vacuum or trying to uh, you know game multiple scenarios, um, which has its own sort of uh, pitfalls, and that you kind of game out scenarios, and that puts sort of certain routines in your mind, and then the circumstances change, but you still want to execute the plan that was developed under another set of circumstances, and then you do something silly. So yeah, it's it's you know I, I it's it is a tough conceptual task to even know what the plan is. I mean, it's one of those things. Like, I just feel like teams are going to be pretty nervous. Again, thankfully, this isn't a great uh, uh, free agency free class. Agent class, right? You know, I mean, there's a couple of t- guys that might have, you know. Montrez Harrell from the Clippers might be somebody that, that had a chance to maybe make big money. Who knows? And and, and still might. But like, it's, again, fast we were talking about, it's like, all right, we'll we'll figure it out. But Seth's right in the sense of there's a lot of things that still have to be figured out, contract dates and, and, and things. I'm assuming all that just gets pushed. But six weeks is not enough time, man. Like, I'm sorry. I'm, I, and we're not even talking about we don't even know where we're going to be at in the pandemic at that point. If we're in the midst right. of a, a deep second wave. And listen, it's one thing to, all right, we, we got to finish the season. It's a whole other thing of like, do we really need to start a season six, eight, eight weeks right afterwards? Like, do we even need to do we even need to make it? I understand the point of getting it on Christmas Day, but do we even need to get there? Like, that would be you know, uh, another element that kind of nobody's really talking about yet. 
Well, part of this is driven by their insistence on hitting that 82 game number next season, which, you know, all of this condensed pain that they're going to deal with could have been avoided by canceling this season, but I don't want to sit and relitigate that. Um, but they now are at serious risk of, of having the damage from this season go into next season, which was what Larry talked about when we had him on the show a few weeks ago. And he talked about containing that damage. And, and I just don't think you're essentially, you're going to rob Peter to pay Paul in this scenario. You're going to put guys at more risk for injury uh, due to lack of rest, because you're going to be going four days, you know, four games at five nights, more back to backs, all of the things that they have been trying to avoid because they know it diminishes the product and puts players at a greater injury risk. And I just, is it worth it? Why would, why don't they just go to August next season? And then you do one more kind of shortened off season, but then launch that, that 21, 22 season in October. You just say, okay, we got through it. Now we're going to be back to normal. Is that, is that, Seem like it's going to work because I still think they're they're trying to do the short off season this year, so that they can end July one ish next year. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Just you know, you're everything we know about load management, and you know, you throw it, you throw your marquee teams, which are going to be you know whichever are like the last four teams there. There's going to be you know three, four, five of the top ten players in the league. On those teams, and then you're putting them in a situation where they're they're playing, you know, every other day basically for three months, get a couple weeks off, and then come back and play every other day for another nine more months. And you're kind of some of your marquee stars. You're putting you're putting in that situation. I, you know, you're you're risking injury. You're risking diminished. Yeah, product. You're 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 risking Kawhi Leonard playing 35 games next <laughs> right. year. I mean, um, you know that's well, you know, and and who could begrudge it? By the way, um, so I, I no, I completely agree with you that like I, you know, going an extra month, six weeks at the end of next year, rather than trying to cram 82 into four months, basically is it would seem wiser or alternatively um not to you know preface what we're going to talk about later but you know if ever there was a time where hey let's mess around with something because the calendar's weird it kind of seems like it's the 2020 21 season well this seems like a perfect time to go ahead and get weird seth (laughs) what a segue i I mean no really like again this is everyone wanted to experiment with the comeback. But I'm with Seth on this. I think next season is the season to get weird. So that way you start with a set of rules that you follow through the whole season. You can actually judge the results. You can say, oh, well, this thing worked and this didn't. But everyone's then playing under the same rules for the whole season. Instead of what people were trying to do this year, which was, okay, we've got this crazy situation. And we're going to change the rules of of engagement essentially when we try to come back under this you know this crazy situation. Um, I, I think next year is the is the time to mess around a little bit. And I've got a crazy idea for you guys. As the youngest guy on this podcast, just barely, I feel like I'm going to be the old man on this podcast uh, today. Uh, all right. <laughs> here <But> we go. <laughs> here's here's my crazy. Here's okay. my. Well, that's that's new. 
Oh, shit. Here's up, my crazy Zach. idea, guys. You want to <laughs> you want to drive up engagement for the NBA. And I you know, we got to play around with the number of games because you need to hit that, you know, 100 game number for the playoffs or whatever. Maybe it's best 2 out of 3. I'm not sure. But all 30 teams make the playoffs. Top 2 teams get a first round bye. Then you have your eventual champion. Maybe best two out of three works. I think that might get you to the right number of games. Um, but a 30-team playoff where then your regular season, regular season actually does matter. Every team then has a shot at the finals. You keep your, your fan bases involved and engaged. And I think that works. Also, playoff revenue for everybody. Well, maybe. If you're the, if you're the 30 seed, you're probably not getting a home game. You're probably going home. <laughs> what do you guys think? Go Am ahead. I, is that is that too crazy? Go ahead, Seth. Yes. <laughs> Why is it too crazy? <laughs> I mean, you know, we, we've we've we're, we're talking all all the time about how you make kind of the bulk of of what is now twelve hundred thirty games, like how you make the bulk of them more meaningful. And if you're, you know, because you know. They're there supposedly as a sorting and seeding mechanism to arrange the playoffs in an acceptable way. Well, we don't care. We're just going to put everyone in the playoffs anyway. And oh, by the well, way, the basketball seeding playoff series. Wait, wait. But it doesn't because it, it, basketball is a sport where unless you're doing like super short series and then we're running into the, the whole problem of having enough games again, uh, unless you're doing super short series, like the best team wins a lot in the NBA. And you know this is something we've we I think we've discussed the, these these stats before, but uh, it's, uh, Mike Lopez, who's the uh, director of analytics for the NFL, has has kind of the the, the amount of of variance there is in, in the NBA playoffs is much lower than other leagues. You would have to be like you'd have to play like a best of of like eleven NFL series, a best of twenty five hockey series, a best of seventy five baseball series to get the better team winning more often or as often in those sports as they do in basketball. Seven-game series, the better team wins 80% of the time. So, you know, seeding kind of comes out in the wash, basically. Uh, so if we're just letting every team in, you know, what is the point of however many games? Well, we're whether doing short. 30, 40, but, it's, but, it's, but, but those, those games just completely don't matter. They're just their exhibition games. They're complete exhibition games. If every team gets into the playoffs, yeah, I'm, I don't know. I, but I, what if what if a team had an injury and it caused them to lose a bunch of games, and then all of a sudden you have you know the 15 seed upsetting teams because you know they're at full strength? I think it's interesting. I mean, it is my idea, so of course I think it is interesting. Yeah, no, you've, you've, you've put you've put a lot of thought into it, but I would do single elimination because I like chaos. I think it's the thing that makes March Madness so so amazing is that you get that chaos. Also, because you don't know how good Wofford is. See, I don't think you've I don't think you've gotten weird enough. Oh. oh, what if you what if you did thirty team single elimination tournaments and the first team to win four times is the champion? <laughs> Okay, run that back. One more time. <laughs> is that is that? Hold on, okay. Seth. Does that Sorry. mean they've they've they've? We're gonna have several teams that have won four in a row, or is this just uh, help me with the math here? No, 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 no. The first team to win four tournaments. Oh, is the, gotcha. is the, is the champion. Okay. 
Yeah. Okay. So you have to win. So you have to. What is that? To, to, so you have to win four <laughs> games to win it. So really, it's. I guess it's basically the, the first team to win like sixteen straight, or Whoa. or or get have four separate four game winning streaks, but against like the best teams. So um, wow, how's that? Yeah, that feels impossible crazy. though. That see, that feels like you're going to wind up in a basketball situation where it's a never ending season. I mean, this, that's kind of where we're going to. kind of where we're going to be over the next eighteen months, anyway. Right, so you could have a a multi year champ where essentially it took like let's say from twenty 2020 twenty till twenty twenty three for this to happen, and you're the champ of those years. Now that is interesting. But what happens I mean, if Giannis changes we- teams in the middle of a run? Oh, you're trying to piss off Milwaukee. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but if, if but if Clay Thompson isn't available in that trade, then no, 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 no. But right, just, they, right. just, they just want Wiggins. They just want Wiggins. That's yeah. all. Wiggins yeah. in a high draft pick. Seth. Okay, that do I it. gotta say, Seth, yeah. I, I'm intrigued by the idea, but I think that you might have gone too weird. Oh, clearly. Uh, but if we're just throwing stuff out there, like mine makes more sense than yours does. Oh, I disagree. Like, disagree. Yeah. I think both of y'all are batshit crazy. Yeah. All right, uh, what, what do you got, Mo? <laughs> What's the weirdest idea you've got here? I don't have much of a weird idea, um, unfortunately. Mo thinks that every game should use the Elam ending. Man, Seth trying to get slapped over a podcast. <laughs> by, by the way, I, I will say I am a little bit surprised that they did not consider, at least to, the, to our knowledge, that they didn't consider the Elam ending for the regular season games that they're going to play. It's a good point. I mean, especially considering oh. that, like, you know, okay, hey, we, we, well, hold on, hold on, Mo. I'm saying that hold they on. didn't consider. You've got, you've, you've got, a, you've got another game that that starts in 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 45 minutes. Uh, but that's what, that's what happens like, in the NCAA tournament. That's just kind of what, the way this stuff goes, you know. And that's it is what it is. Yeah, but the NCAA tournament, you don't care how many people are in the gym. At but they also time. have. Imagine, I imagine they're going to have multiple games set up. I imagine where or gym set up where the first gym is going to play in one arena and the next one's going to be the one. The next game is going to be played in another arena. It's not going to mm-hmm. be straight like the NCAA tournament where you're going to have the next team waiting. You know, I I don't think it's I think it's going to be like it's going to be rotating gyms because those guys are going to want to warm up and get their right their their ninety minutes on the clock and get their workout in and their routine and as much as things are going to be different and things are going to change, but I I got to imagine players are going to want to keep their routines and things like that. So I don't think it's going to be, you know, as as I get what you're saying and right, like the next team is going to be waiting. I don't think they're going to be waiting in the tunnel. You know, ready to ready to run out as soon as this game ends. I don't. Well, no, no, not in the first overtime. But what about the third? Man, if we get, get if we get here. three overtime, it's going summer league sudden. If we go, if we get three <laughs> overtimes, man, we're gonna be so happy. <laughs> so, uh, I disagree. Okay, so since we're getting weird, okay, I want the NBA to embrace its basketball roots, and I want teach other teams. I want other teams. To be in the gyms during these games, street clothes, warm ups, whatever. Let's make it look like a high school basketball tournament. I want to. I want. That's the crowd noise. I want. I won't be. What do you guys think? I won't be surprised if if the the guys who are who aren't playing or like have a day off would be. I won't be surprised to see them in the stands or if there's some sort of setup for them to go watch watch these games a little bit just because for a lack of options. 
you know, <laughs> like what else are they going to do? Um, I imagine they'll have to set, figure out parameters in terms of social distancing and that stuff. But I won't be surprised to see uh, Chris Paul checking out a, a game if OKC's off that day. You know, um, that, that's something I think that's more than likely to happen. Should the NBA experiment with new camera angles? They should play. This is the experiments I want them to do. Play with the broadcast, right? Like mm-hmm. get creative with the broadcast. Do some mm-hmm. things, especially in these first, in these eight regular season games or or whatever. Let's get creative and see what they can come up with and, and, and come up with stuff. You know, try different camera angles. Don't try. Do you guys remember when they put the one camera inside the floor? Anybody remember that? Oh, I don't remember that at all. Oh, man. ESPN. It was early. I think it was when ESPN first got it and they put a camera angle. They put a camera underneath the floor, which was a terrible idea because it was like in the paint. All you guys, all you saw was dude shorts and, and shoes like you didn't really get a view of anything. But experiment, play with these things here a little bit and you're, you're going to get feedback. Everybody's watching either is going to be like, oh, this is awesome or most likely everybody's going to complain. But, you know, ha- play with this now. This is the, this is the time to experiment with the broadcast. Can LeBron James um, play with a GoPro strapped to his chest? We're not far from that technology, just so you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they can. I mean, the GoPro is pretty small. I wonder if he could do it. That that's what I want to see. Like, if you're gonna play around with it, if you're gonna play around with stuff, that's the sort of stuff you can play around with on this comeback. But for next season, I, I really do think that yeah. it, that's the season to experiment with the format changes, with the play in uh, play in tournament, with a you know a mid season tournament. If you wanted to do that stuff, that's a perfect time to do it. I you know I think that I you know I have become convinced that trying some sort of of whether it's a, just a pure tournament here, you get a belt, you get a prize, you get a cup, whatever, or you get some sort of like seasonal advantage and you do it early in the season. Just, I, I, I feel like um, I've become convinced. First of all, you know, you don't, it's, it's, it's demonstrable that that 82 games is from a, you know, competitive standpoint is, is superfluous. You can do 60, 65 and you get, you know, you'll basically get, the right teams will get in the playoffs and, and the seeding will be good enough. And, you know, the, the, the best team will come out on top just as much as they do now. Um, and you can probably, you know, you cut out those, you know, what the, the, the kind of the, the, how many games in a season, like the 300 or so you just, well, they played a game cause it was on the schedule kind of game. <laughs> right. But the NBA, listen, at the end of the day, the reason that the the television rights are so valuable is because it is a daily television show. It is daily programming. And sure. that's the reason for the, the arbitrary number of 82 was chosen back in the day and they've just stuck with it. But the, the reasoning yeah. for, for not wanting to shorten the season is all about that daily TV content. So you got to find a way to replace that. So but, if you do go to, again, my thing, the 60 days or, or 60 games or 58 games or whatever, I mean, I would expand and, you know, go to 62 games, but um, you have to find a way to fill that, that gap. And I, I mean, I don't, I just don't think anyone's going to ever care about a tournament unless it actually matters, which would be like the play in tournament, but then you've devalued the regular could, season. But like, I, First off, Dave, I push a little bit back on that. Like you can shorten the schedule number of games 
and still have plenty of games to almost have stuff going every day. Like you really can. Like I, 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 I did the exercise painstakingly on my own website a long time ago for a, a article I wrote that said the season should be 72 games, you know, and you could still have, you know, the, the TNT and ESPN game, national games, the Saturday night primetime games that they do on ABC. You can still have all those things and you can, you can add others and you can put a higher, you can put a spotlight on some of the teams that don't always get uh big market shine or, or national TV shine. So I think, you know, you can set that up in shortening the schedule and then, and playing it over the same course of time. And in this way, you know what? Kawhi Leonard has no excuse to load manage because he's playing a game, you know, every three days or something, you know, it's, it's a little bit different and you get a better product on the floor. And I think that's kind of always been the argument for it. Now, in terms of the only way a midseason tournament is interesting is if there's stakes at the on the line, right? Like, and I don't mean like a, like a, you don't mean like, they get $20 million because no one cares no, about that. No, because like, here's my, here, here's my thing. Like say the Charlotte Hornets win the in-season tournament, but have no chance at making the playoffs. Cool. Hornets fans have no reason to watch basketball as soon as that in-season tournament's over. They don't because the team's not going to make the playoffs. They won I mean, their thing. And- no, hold on. I mean, you know, how is that different? No, I, I, I agree with you in that sense, Seth, but I think that's also why, you know, we, we why I think my next idea in terms of what happens for the in season for the in season tournament is, you know, the winner gets some sort of advantage to jump into the playing games, which I hate the playing tournament to begin with as well. But like, there has to be a little bit more in that in in that there. And in terms of what, how is it different now, it's not. And we just have to just have to deal with the fact bad teams people ain't gonna watch. Well, but then then the good teams have no incentive to try hard in the tournament. I don't think they have much incentives to begin with. If you're a team that's winning, going for a championship, I don't know how much you're really going to care about the in-season tournament. Kawhi's what not. If, what if we tied it, a single elimination tournament tied to a uh, draft position? No, players don't care because oh, – They don't care. Wait, you exactly. Mean, so wait. No, that, See, that's actually – This is that's, what I'm that's, saying. That's, that's the wrong incentive. Right, like, right. It's like, oh, you don't care. You're, you're going to replace me. No, it's – no, you get – you it, either you – you know, you you find a way to make it worth something to the players, and it becomes compelling television. So I don't agree that that like a huge monetary prize pool, because uh, like if the players care and they play like they care, the fans will care, right? Because the product will be good. Yeah, like if you you know if you find a way to you know the winning team gets to split. You know, gets a million bucks a piece. The winner getting gets nothing in the All Star game. What would the All Star game look like? It wouldn't look like it looks now. No, well, it would look more like that fourth quarter, <laughs> where, yeah, right. where you got Kyle Lowry out there drawing charges. You know, and you know how it ended. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The ending. Thank you. So stop so, it. So stop it. Stop it. So, so it's going to have to be a you. big pool of money. Is what it's going to have to be. A a really big pool of money. I mean, I, how much is enough? I don't twenty I, million. I I don't know. I don't know if that's going to. I, I well, just think so that the, the the money is is what creates the draw in the first place. And yeah, you 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 know the, the tradition doesn't just spring up, but at a certain point, it, it's important because it has been important. And yeah, you you need you need the money behind it still. But you know, if it's five years down the road, if this has been a you know this 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 prize has been a prize, and that it's something worth winning, 
then it's going to be something that's still worth winning. And yeah, you can't you can't devalue it from a player standpoint by like just removing the the prize pool, but you have to do something to make it you know worthwhile. But the prize like, pool know, again, but the prize pool can't be bigger than winning the NBA championship, right? Like it can't be. That's kind of my thing too. Like that's that's a problem. Uh, I mean, why not? It's not like. It's not like the, the financial and other returns to winning the NBA title are going to go away. No, but it doesn't make sense for the in-season tournament champion to be the the team to walk away with twenty million dollars versus you know the 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 team that wins the actual championship, the one that actually matters and actually people care about. You know, to to not like if we're going to give away twenty well, million dollars for a champion, it should be to the NBA champion. It shouldn't be to the team that's that just happened to win the in-season tournament. Yeah, see, the, well, the, the, the tournament the, idea is just flat out stupid to begin with, and I know I because I'm the one that brought it up, and I hate it, and I just hate <laughs> the fact that it's like it's it, 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 it was we're getting weird, and that was the only way I can get weird. But like the idea of like we do it and co- we 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 talk about it because the EPL does it. Well, guess what? They don't do a playoffs at the end of the year. They just do right. how the standings end. Like that's why they kind of have to have that, and it, it's 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 a little bit different in that sense. We do a playoffs at the end. We don't need it. We already do right. our tournament. We have a tournament. Exactly. Oh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree. I'm gonna disagree with you there. Like, Shocker there. Again, if well no, <laughs> if if the playoffs are overdetermined, if there is not enough randomness in the NBA playoffs, and you and I like the NBA playoffs because of that lack of randomness. Uh, but if from a fan engagement standpoint, you need to find a way to bring some of that back in. Then having some other competition, some parallel competition, so you do one of each almost, and and I I can't imagine you know the the the, the David Stern Cup ever being more you know being of greater stature than the Larry O'Brien, like okay maybe in fifty years, but you know, but that's not that's not a danger anytime soon. And again, it's not like the stature of winning like the ring is going to go away just because there's a larger cash prize to make people care about this other thing. Again, you don't need the cash prize to make the championship worth it because everyone knows it's worth it. But I don't know if it, if it still just doesn't make sense. Sorry, maybe it's just me being old man Mo here. Uh, but like the the, yes. the idea of like the, the, the guy that wins the most valuable – the team that wins the most valuable trophy is going to be compensated less than, you know, whatever the Charlotte Hornets get hot because Devonte Graham uh, made you know had two weeks of just being completely unconscious from three. Like it, it just doesn't make sense to me in in that sense that that they're going to get less money. And if we're going to give twenty million dollars to a winning team of something, it should be to the NBA champions. You guys know that you know the trick that none of us are thinking about to make it. Is actually valuable? If it starts LeBron with an James, e, okay, I was going to say. LeBron James needs to win the first one, and then they can just treat it like it's also, it's the, it's the almost co-equal to the championship when talking about his legacy. So now That's Dave's out here rigging games. and <laughs> That's what we need. We need LeBron. All you need, the NBA should just say, hey, LeBron, just go out, win this thing, uh, you know, act like you you care about it, win it, and then we'll we'll use it to help build legacy and then people will actually care about it just like winning you know finals mvp you know who cares uh anyway uh guys don't forget you can comment on the individual episodes within the athletic app give us your weirdest ideas for next season 
Uh, we have been checking the comments. You know, it's a new feature, so uh, we're trying to get that thing moving. So give us your weirdest ones, and uh, maybe we'll uh, we'll bring them up on the show next week uh, if there are some really funny ones or something like that. Um, but that's going to do it for this week. We'll be back next week with more Nerdish Road. 